This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, September 18, 2020. And we have passed the halfway mark from September. And the end of the third quarter is rapidly approaching. Begin of the last quarter. These quarters go by pretty fast, don't they? So there's only eight trading days remaining in September. And then the third quarter is over with. So we're just going to have to deal with it. And, you know, I, I, it's not a problem. The, mar- the market is still in a corrective mode. And that's probably going to continue until I can't. Until the, the the two sides of the government agree on a spending package, or, or at least until after the election, that's what I think. The market's just not going to be happy until those one of those two things happen, or both of those happen. So you just got to deal and learn how to to manage volatility. That's all. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to any of your financial or investment questions. I know you want strategies and things, you know, you want opinions, and, and I'm going to give them to you. Okay, they're my opinions and my opinions only, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're right. But I've been doing this a long time. They should be mostly right. Should be. So, it, but you drive the show with your questions, not me. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The market didn't do so good today. The Dow is down 245, the NASDAQ down 117, and the S&P 500 down 38. So that wasn't a good market. What I did notice, if you look, seemed like the value stocks that did a lot better than the growth stock. And that's been happening for a week or two. Let's take a look at the, compare the two, uh, the two sectors of the market. I don't know if you call them sectors, the two divisions of the market, value versus growth. Take a look. So, our talking point today, you know, everybody has been avoiding utility stocks. Utility stocks have been getting no attention from anybody. Does that mean it's time to look at them? If you're looking for income, dividends, maybe it's time to look at those. So, just a hint. We'll talk about it more later. You can already hear that we have a busy and information-packed day. I got three other things I want to talk about. Lumber prices, the FANG stocks, and I want to talk about Elizabeth Warren's uh, uh, suggestion on taxes. I want to go over that. You'd be surprised about my opinion, I think. But it'd be fun to talk about. So give me a call. Let's get right to our first caller. Hi, Steve and Justin. Uh, I was just calling to ask you about your preference. If I'm looking into the telecommunications, uh, your preference between AT&T symbol T or Verizon symbol BZ. Verizon seems to be at the top. Uh, kind of close to its old high, and AT&T is still kind of at the lower end, closer to its March low than it is to its high. They both pay pretty decent dividends, but obviously Verizon stock is a little bit more expensive. So just wanted to get your take on which of the two you would add to a portfolio if you had to choose. Thanks for supporting here you on the show. Well, I like both of them, but the Verizon uh, dividend is 4.2% right now. Whereas the AT&T dividend is much higher at 7.2. Um, Verizon, I think, is a better run company, and that's why their, 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 uh, their 
PE rate. I think that's why their stock is a little higher compared to earnings. AT&T is a better value. If it was me and I was looking for dividends, I'd go with AT&T. But I like them both. Don't I don't want you to think that, you know, oh, gee, he likes AT&T better Verizon. Not necessarily. I just like the dividend. But I don't think either one's going to cut their dividend. I don't think. So if I was to pick, I'd pick based on the dividend. I picked AT&T at this point. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Give me a call. Love to talk to you. So, today, um, lumber prices. Have you seen the lumber prices? We talked about um, uh, we talked about um, housing. Housing starts, and uh, they've been pretty well, and the builder's uh, sentiment, but the, the lumber prices could actually put a dent in the housing market. Lumber prices are up 170% since April, 170%. All the highest they've ever been, ever, ever. So, and they add, because of this, they're adding 16,000 from the, from like April to now, they're adding $16,148 per house. The cost has gone up that much. So it's very, very, so if they keep going up, it's going to impact housing. It, It will have that. Okay. Okay. So we're trying to get back to normalcy, right? The economy, the, the, the everybody, everybody's trying to get back to normal. Here in Southern California, I, I think the restaurants now let you sit indoors, you know, just a little bit. And I think they're trying to open theaters this weekend. Everybody's doing that. Everybody's trying to make that effort. Some places more so. Some places less so. You know, trying to get back to college football. I mean. I, I think that that's a. I think we have to continue with that effort, but we're not going to get there obviously until we get a COVID vaccine. I mean, I think that's pretty much. I think we have to have it. I think you know colleges, uh, you know, are trying to open up. Think about it. If you're a college student, would you want to pay full tuition and not be able to go to the school and just learn online? I wouldn't. I I don't. Harvard University just increased their tuition by 4%. University of Texas increased it by 4%. Yale increased it by 4%. Stanford increased it by 4%. And they're not letting students, students on the campus. Doesn't that, does that make Princeton University decrease their tuition by 10%. That makes much more sense to me. Much more sense. Yeah, you know, a lot of schools are freezing tuition and they actually should be going down. You can't go to be on campus. Why would you pay top dollar? I wouldn't. I would not. So, just, just crazy. You're listening to Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. For investors, the need to remain vigilant is never ending. You've got to keep very close eye on your stuff. There's a lot of crosswinds, a lot of volatility. We'll talk about fear and greed are pretty paramount right now. we got to talk about So, give me a call. Your participation is important to the mix, everybody. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Friday. Steve Peasley is on duty, and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got a call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 
Hey guys, I uh, appreciate everything you guys do. I just had a quick question about Science Applications International Corporation, ticker symbol SAIC. Uh, I just really just wanted uh, your guys' opinion on it for a long-term hold. Thank you. Okay, it's out of Reston, Virginia. It is a $4.4 billion company, so a mid-cap-sized company. Provides technical services, enterprise information, technology, and services to the U.S. government. Their sales have been increasing. Uh, most recent quarter, 11%. Quarter before that, 9 The quarters before that, the three quarters before that was from 30 to 40% increases. So it's been pretty steadily increased. Earnings are going to go up 8% this year, then 19% next year. So that tells you it's a pretty darn stable company. Pays a 1.9% dividend. Carries a little bit more debt than I'm comfortable with, but the return on equity is very strong at 23%. So I'm okay with that. Management owns 2%. They're going to make $7.25 next year, and it's a $76 stock. So you're talking about 11 PE. The range is 8 to 27. I think it's a good value here. Um, it might drop down to 70. It's a 76. That's strong support, 70, uh, number 70, 71, somewhere in that range. It's below the 200-day moves, below the 50-day moves. So I might, I might wait till I see a bounce back above 81, 82, which is the 200-day moving average before I jump in or fall down to the 70 area and start moving up again. Then I'd be a buy. Those are places I would like to see it. All right, bye. Good call, Will. Thank you. I like the company. As you know, on Fridays, I squeeze a quick rundown of, of the key benchmark numbers. Two-year Treasury, so if you go out a two-year U.S. government Treasury bill, bond, whatever they call them, it would pay 0.13%. If you bought a 10-year Treasury bond, it would pay you 0.68%, not even full percentage point per year. Not even close. Gold is priced at 1947. Remember, it bounced up above of two thousand dollars, and then it kind of pulled back, and still, still, still held, holding up pretty well. But it's got to break above that two thousand with gusto, gusto for the next leg. I think it will do that. I just don't know if when. Oil was selling at forty-one dollars a barrel. Gasoline, a national average, two dollars and eighteen cents per gallon. A year ago, it was two sixty-five. California, it's to three twenty-two, and Louisiana, dollar eighty-nine per gallon. Dollar eighty-nine. That would shoot. We'll never see that here in California. No. Yeah, they won't. It should. We have big demand here. Good, you know, and there's, there's plenty of supply, but we got way too many taxes and way too many special fees and special blends and all for. To me, it seems like this is a big waste of money, my money. So, now, of course, there's low demand for gas and has been. You know, gasoline demand has been going down for a number of years now. It helps that electric cars are coming, getting more and more popular, but I don't know if that's the only reason. I doubt that. Okay, let's get another caller question in. This came from Salt Lake City. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Jason in Salt Lake. I have a question about volume. Everybody's always referencing volume in the trading world as an indicator towards, you know, is it a good time to get in or get out or et cetera. But I just don't understand what that is a measure of. Is that a measure of dollars in and out or trading, single trades in and out or what? I'll listen on the air for the answer. Thank you. Bye. 
Okay, so when they talk about volume, they're talking about trading volume, the number of shares exchanging hands. That's what they're talking about. Shares exchanging hands. Okay, so what, what, what's so important about that? Well, think about it. If volume is increasing and the price of the stock is going down, that tells you more and more and more people are selling. The down, its pressure is downward. If volume is increasing and the price is going up, just the opposite. More and more people are pouring into the stock. So you can measure these things and see how much volume is doing what. Now, it does not, it, it, there's no magic, you know, look at it and it will always do the same thing all the time. What is, all you can do is really compare previous volume of that stock with itself to see how volume is rising or shrinking. Uh, sometimes you don't see a, a, a high volume, the stock goes up or the stock goes down. It doesn't always have to be high volume. So, you know, that, there's so many different kinds of indicators. Have you ever heard the term on-balance volume? Well, that's another way to look at volume. There's, it's, it's just not a, reading tech, the tech, reading the movement of a stock using technical analysis is mostly right. It's not science. It's, you know why it's right? Because we make it right. We traders make it so. So it tends to be correct. You know, the, 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 when you look at it, the, you know, it tends to be accurate when you say, well, it's because of this, that, or the other thing. Act D, uh, um, uh, you know, there's relative strength, there's parabolics, there's Fibonacci numbers, there's all kinds of um, uh, technical analysis out there. Okay, on the next Invest Talk, this story. Can we expect more pain ahead in the mortgage market? Now, the num number of mortgages in active forbearance programs has declined, but some borrowers have not recovered. So the real test is had. In other words, defaults, everybody. That story is going to be Monday. For now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHARGE. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it at 888-99-CHART. Now's the best time. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to Will in San Diego. Wants to talk about Hersha Hospitality. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I'm looking at the uh, preferred shares. Ah. So, you and know, ticker, for, go ahead. The ticker symbol is HT.PC. Okay, I don't have the ability to pull up preferred shares just on the radio here this qu that quickly. I just don't. 
but we can, we can talk about preferred shares. For everybody else, preferred shares are act like bonds. They, they, they are a, an equity that tracks the underlying stock of the company that's issuing them. And they act like a bond. They pay a yield. There's usually a time limit on them when, when they mature, that kind of thing. Um, the underlying company is pretty small. So uh, I would, uh, this Hersha Hospitality, it's only a $230 million company, and sales are going down. So I, I think that's a very risky. They're probably paying quite a, you know what the yield is? I, I bet you it's pretty high. Well, I know the uh, the preferred shares are selling for fifteen dollars and twenty five cents, so it's way below par. Yeah. So par, everybody would be for everybody else. That's eighty five percent below par, or so. So that tells you how that tells you how what the risk is there, um, uh, uh, Will. So you you would be rolling the dice. That's a gamble, and I oh, I, okay. I, I wouldn't I, I would not do it. I would not. Appreciate the call, Will. Thank you. Let's go to James in Sonoma. James. Yeah, I want to talk today about uh, HIG, Hartford Financial. You talked to somebody the other day on MetLife, and we're very positive on it. I wanted to get your comments on uh, the category in general. It's sort of underperformed the S&P, and it's been my experience through life that no matter what happens in the economy, the insurance companies always win. Yeah, they do. They tend to always come out ahead. This is Hartford Financial Services, everybody. A big company, $13 billion company, offers group life, group disability, property and casualty insurance products primarily in the United States. They're going to make $5.31 next year. It's a $37 stock. So that tells you it's a 7 PE. 7. Now, it has been as low as 3. So why would I buy this? Well, it pays a 3.5% dividend and a huge cash flow of $11.56. So you know the dividend is secure, and they're probably going to raise the dividend. They generally do. Uh, sales are kind of flat the last couple of quarters, but before that, they were growing. So I think it, it's a good value. It's a very good value. Okay? But you're going to have to rely on the dividend for a while. I do think the stock will go back up into about the $60 range. So I think it's a great dividend play, and if you're patient, you'll make it, you'll do very well with it. I think the whole sector is underpriced, underpriced. Same, you know, the financial sector and the insurance sectors they're underpriced. Um, they all will come back, but it depends on how impatient the person is. Okay, thanks, James. Appreciate the call. Edgar in San Diego wants to talk about Amazon. Yes, hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, it's one of those uh, growth stocks on my watch list. And uh-huh. I'm wondering, uh, uh, where do you think the support is for uh, Amazon and when is the good time to get in? Okay, there's lots of support right at 2900 It's at 2954 Still moving down, down 1.79%. Most of those big fang stocks are. At some point, they become a really good bargain. I mean, if I would really love to pick up this stock around $2,500, and that's about 20% more, 18% more on a downslide, I don't know if it will do that. I don't think it will. Um, but, you know, right now, $2,954 a share, they're going to make $43.75 a share next year. So, 
you know, that no matter how you look at it, it's still, you know, a pretty expensive stock. But I think you're right. I think it's one that you pick up here on this downstroke. I would just be patient. I, I'd like to see it go sideways a little bit, or at least show me some strength in the stock for a few days before I jump in it. That's what I would do on Amazon. Okay? Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. The FANG stocks have fallen on average. FANG, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, Microsoft. They've fallen on average since the beginning of the month, 16.5%. That's because the the, the trade got very crowded, as I said on the show here. Got very crowded. And meaning everybody's in who wants to be in. Now people are taking profits. Okay, that means the weekends are probably getting out. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, you can look to buy. Now, judging by its stock price and the amount of questions we get about Tesla here on Invest Talk, investors' interest in electric vehicles remains pretty strong. So as we go to break, here's a two-part trivia question. How many electric vehicles were sold in the United States in 2019 last year? And what is the lifespan of an EV electric vehicle battery pack? I'll have the answer after the break, but for now, the phone lines are open. I encourage you to call 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. 
The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Stephen Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Stephen Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99Chart. Okay, I asked a trivia question before the break. Uh, uh, um, and how many electric vehicles were sold in the United States in 2019? And what is the lifespan of an electric vehicle battery pack? Okay, in 2019, the number of battery electric vehicles sold in the United States came to 245,000. With sales of Tesla models, Tesla accounted for almost 80% of that. That's not very many. We do millions, 10, 11 million car sales a month. And for the whole year, 245,000, it's very small still. But contrary to what you might think, electric vehicle sales trend is decreasing, not increasing. Okay, EV sales rose 65% in 2017 and 2018, but 2019 was only a 9% increase. So the sales is... The, the ink, they're still increasing in net sales, but the pace has slowed way down, way down, okay? And the fastest growth is in Europe right now. Okay, what's the lifespan of an electric vehicle battery packed? Well, according to Consumer Reports, estimates for the average electric vehicle battery pack lifespan are set at 200,000 miles, and that's about 17 years of 12,000 miles per year. So, you always want to check how much it's going to cost to replace the batteries when you get down the road, because it's, it's pretty darn expensive at this point. Okay, I have a bonus question. Okay, is fast charging bad for your electric car? You know how they have those fast charging things that you can charge in an hour or two? The answer is apparently yes. Researchers say that fast charging of electric batteries can run their capacity, ruin their capacity after just 25 charges. This conclusion came after they ran experiments, experiment, experiments on batteries used in some popular electric cars. So fast charging is not a good idea. Okay, let's go to Carl on Oceanside. How you doing, Carl? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, APOG, the symbol, it had a breakout two days ago on high volume. I'm thinking on buying that the stock. What are the fundamentals? Okay, yes, it had high volume. You're right. 
and everybody, you know, we've just talked about volume. That means a number of shares trading. So stock rose sharply on a high volume, meaning there was a lot of demand for that company, even though the price was going up and they were driving the price up. So this is Apogee Enterprises, Apogee, Ap, 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 I don't know. Manufacturers uh, glass walls, windows, film coatings for commercial institution buildings. It's made money forever. Every year it makes money. It's going to make $2.12 this year and then $2.43 next year. Sales have been slowing. Okay, so why is it driving? There had to be some news out. Uh, and apparently, this I'm trying to figure, see if I can see any really quick headlines about it. I don't see any. Uh, is a good value. It's a $22 stock. going to make $2.43. That means the PE is 10 Pays a 3.3% dividend. That's not very much. Good return on equity. So this is a good company. The only little negative I see is sales have been falling for eight quarters in a row. They've been falling slowly, but they've been falling. I, 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 I'd, I'd like to know why those sales are so weak. I would want to see some strength in sales before I bought this stock. You don't have sales increasing. And that's a worrisome. Uh, so I'd take a look at that. I really would. Appreciate the call, Carl. Thank you. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers today and is, of course, packed with helpful information and insight, in my opinion, in the market conditions section, the section I spend the most time on. Okay? I said, this week, the market continued to struggle as we moved toward the presidential election and the next stimulus package that both parties seem to want However, want or wanted or not, they have been unable to come to an agreement on terms. COVID-19 is still the major stumbling block to the economy. COVID-19 has burrowed, burrowed deeply into our society. And without a vaccine, it will continue to affect our lives. Investors should t let facts guide their decisions. Some of those data facts were released this week. The August industrial production numbers uh, Improved a bit, the four tenths of percent from three point half percent last month. Retail sales for August rose 0.6 percent from an increase of 0.9 percent the previous month. So even though the numbers are going down, they're slowing down. The growth is slowing down. Okay, uh, let's see what else did I talk about? I mentioned if Trump Trump wins. What's going to happen uh, if Biden wins? What's going to happen? In both cases, I said the market's probably going to go up because both are going to want that spending package. Now, who, you know, there, of course there's going to be worries about a change in presidency. There always is because the market likes consistency and the market doesn't like change. So there's always that issue. And this is going to be a pretty big change if Biden wins. So I don't know long-term there might be issues with that. But remember, the, the spending is going to go on. Low interest rates is still going to be there. So, you know, it's not going to be – I think people are thinking it's going to be disastrous for the market. I, I'm not, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I believe that. Okay, um, I talked about portfolio management section. I talked about uh, as the government prints money and what – in the economy and what it's doing to the bonds – Maybe what you should do with your money if if uh, if you want to be a bit safer, you know, maybe municipal bonds might be something if, as a part of your portfolio. I talked about stock ideas, the section about the stock ideas. 
I talk about insurance holding company operating in the property casualty market, which we just talked about. wasn't the same company, but it was you know related. I also mentioned a leading global manufacturing market of cereal, cookies, crackers, other packaged foods. Well, those were the stock ideas. The consumer watch section. See, there's four sections in the newsletter. Um, and I say, I said at this point, it is normally too early in the year to concern yourself with taxes. However, there's an issue to be considered for investors. Capital gains tax rate for long-term investments currently at set at 20%. If Trump is reelected, the rate may be lowered. He's talked about lowering taxes. But I don't know specifically about capital gains. On the other hand, if, if the Democratic platform clearly states that capital gains rates will change and go up and could go as high as 39%, the tax rate of the high-income earners. So, you are going to take capital gains on long-term, long-term capital gains and you're going to need to take that next year. You might pull it forward to this year because of the tax consequence. Just something to think about. And that's the newsletter, everybody. It comes out every Friday. You can go to investtalk.com and you should subscribe if you like. Uh, I always provide a lot of valuable information. Um, and you just go to investtalk.com, and after, and after subscribing, you'll receive the full report every Friday directly to your inbox. Okay, let's keep moving. Back to Investtalk Voice Bank. This next question came in from Michigan. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is John calling from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thank you guys for the podcast and all the information that you provide. The stock that I was hoping I could get your thoughts on is INMD, In Mode Limited. Thank you so much and have a great day. Okay. I am, is that, I am, N is Nancy and then D is in dog? In Mode. I am N D. Pulling up idea. I'm not pulling up any stock on it. Oh, you know what it is? I'm dyslexic. That's it. I'm dyslexic. I was switching. The M and the N and the N and the M. I'm getting old people. What can I tell you? Anyways, let's take a look. Israel's seller of radio frequency devices used in minimally and non-invasive Cosmetic procedures. Interesting. So it's in the health sector. Uh, it's a $1.3 billion company, so it's small. Not tiny, just small. It's fairly new. It came out IPO September 2019, so about a year, one year ago. Uh, let's take a look. It's going to make $1.76 next year, make $1.16 this year. And it made $1.75 last year, so it was going to go back to what it was earning. The June quarter sales fell 21%. Before that, they were rising. Now, think about it. COVID-19 affected adversely this stock badly because everything was focused on hospitals and everything else, treatment centers, on COVID-19. So if this is a seller of, of uh, radio frequency devices used in minimally invasive cosmetic procedures, Probably everybody put that off to the side, right? I'm going to do that later. I'm not going to do it now. Everything is COVID-focused. Everybody stay home. Don't do anything. So they probably got hit pretty hard. But it looks like, it looks like that I would suggest that they're probably going to come back from that. 
Now, is it expensive or is it cheap? Well, if they're going to make $1.75 and it's a $36 stock, that's not cheap. It's, too, it's, it's not too expensive. It's just expensive. If they can get back to their growth of between 30 and 60% per quarter, which they were before COVID, maybe it's worth that price. I just don't know how much upside potential. It probably can go, I think it's probably valued around $45 and it's 36 today. So it's, you know, it's not, for me, it's not compelling enough. It's not. I'm Steve Peasley and you're listening to Best Talk. You want to grow your wealth, right? Everybody does. Okay, that's fine. But of course, as you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear and greed. Always. Fear creeps into your judgment. Greed will creep into your judgment. Very difficult to wring that out and just make decisions based on facts and numbers and not emotion. <coughs> Excuse me. Difficult. Remember, fear comes from a perception of risk, how much risk I'm taking, and you get scared. So my advice for dealing with this is, you know, define your investment comfort zone, your risk comfort zone. And at KPP Financial, we can help you do that anytime you're ready. You can use our free online tool at investtalk.com, the risk risk questionnaire. It's pretty short, and it'll help judge you, judge, help us judge and you judge how much risk you're comfortable taking. Then you can look at your portfolio and see how much risk your portfolio is taking. We got, we got, we can help you with that. Just calibrate it. It's easy. It, well, this is pretty easy. The riskalyze questionnaire is easy. This tool is very easy to use. So you can go to investtalk.com, use this tool. It's riskalyze. Your questions are free. You can call anytime you want. Eight 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 ninety nine charge. This is Invest Talk. Good news. Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. 99 chart. Let's go to Ali in New Jersey. Hi, Ali. Yes, hi. Uh, <clears throat> um, hi, Steve. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. So I have a question about general investing. I am actually 35 and uh, been investing in my 401k for about good 10 years. And I've been a, you know, usually been a growth investor. I do put my money into about you know, 40, 30, 30 to 40% into large growth funds and Maybe about like 15, 15% into each mid cap and small cap. Maybe, you know, the rest in international. So that's okay. my oral strategy over the past 10 years. Um, late, I have, I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a recent listener to your podcast and I have heard Justin uh, a couple of times over, you know, over, over last week or so where he said, you know, it's, it's about time to kind of readjust the portfolio and maybe move towards value stocks. My real question is, 
if I have a long time period, should I, is this moving towards value stocks? Is this like, it's like, it's like a short-term uh, strategy, maybe a mid-term or long-term? Should I even be doing that and just keep focusing on growth because I have a long-term or long, long time period before I retire? Okay, yeah, uh, and you should grad- gradually move towards some value funds. Doesn't mean you have to get rid of or get out of your growth, but you can change your allocation to add some value funds. What happens in the market, there's long-term cycles. We're talking years, not a six months or years. We've had growth dominate, dominate since 2000. Okay, 2008 dominated until now. So it's dominated the market. Value will probably come into play to dominate for a number of years. So it doesn't necessarily mean get out of growth because it's not going to work anymore. Not necessarily. It continue to work. But you need to start migrating to value. Value long-term works better than growth. Long-term means over the last 100 years. So that's why you should migrate. Don't panic. Just migrate. Thanks for the call, Ali. I appreciate it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now, 888 99 chart. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm wondering what out there is going to work better over the next 20 years than buy and hold. You're the best person to ask it at 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Brian in San Mateo. Wants to talk about eBay. Brian. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I'm looking at eBay. Um, I'm looking at it as as a longer-term investment, and I'm wondering what your take is on that. Okay, eBay, everybody knows who they are. Uh, provides online marketing places and electronic payment services via ebay.com and other websites. Um, eBay is the most reasonable of the big tech companies. It's only trading at about 15 PE, and that's low compared to the other tech. And the reason why that's so is because their sales, other up until this quarter, their sales were falling 2 and 3% every quarter for two years. This quarter, they jumped 18% increase this quarter. The other reason, a lot of the reason why it's not selling that high P-E ratio is because there's a lot of debt. They carry a lot of debt. And that makes me very nervous. Why are they carrying so much debt? They have a good cash flow. They have they made money every year. They still, and their earnings are actually going up. 28% this, this year, another up 10% next year. Pays a 1.3% dividend. So earnings, that means they're squeezing more profits out of less sales, but sales just turned around. Maybe if they can keep that going, this this would be a bargain. If they can keep that percentage rate growth going, no, then it's a cheap stock. Now, I wouldn't buy it here, even though there's long, strong support at $48. I would wait to have it go trade sideways. There's a, at the at around $40, uh, is that $40? No, $38, a strong support comes in. 
and there's some support at $42, $43. But I think I'd wait till that $38, $40 range before I jumped in. It's at $48 now. So I wouldn't be rushed because I want to know if those sales are significant. And I want to know why they have so much debt. I don't know why. I'd have to look that, look that up and find out. So it's a possibility, but I'm not right now, Brian. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, have you noticed the FANG stocks? I'm sure you have. They're down 16% since the beginning of the month. And I just saw today that Barclays, Barclays, a big expert company, right, states that the FANG stocks are overvalued. Okay. They're overvalued? Is that what? I mean, okay. This is Barclays. They're supposed to be smarter than this. Of course it's overvalued. They've been overvalued forever. But now that it's fallen 16%, now you say it's overvalued. Why didn't you say that 16% ago when it was up that much more? No, they stated today. I, I bring this out because I want to warn you about Wall Street pros, Wall Street pundits, Wall Street opinion makers. They are cheerleaders for the stock market. When everything's going good and great, they are out there, yeah, it's great, it's good, yay, buy more, buy more. Then when things turn ugly, they jump on the ugly bandwagon. Oh, Fang stocks overvalued. Well, they're overvalued last year. They're overvalued all this year. Of course they're overvalued. That's that that statement that they made, that they think that Fang stocks are overvalued, is stupid. And you I I don't understand why they would say that now. Why now? This is the, would it, does it do you any good, the public? No. None. Because if they would have said it was overvalued beginning of April or last month, maybe you could have done something about it, take some profits all off the top. Uh, but no, they wait till it falls 16.5% on average. That really bugs me, by the way, as you probably could tell, huh? <laughs> I just... You know, they're supposed to be quote-unquote experts. You know, the most abuse I ever saw concerning this was the dot-com era. Every Goldman Sachs, every Wells Fargo, every Barclays out there, buy, 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 new IPOs, you need to get in this. It's a new paradigm. And then they collapse like stone, falling off a cliff. And it just... It, Pay attention. You have to do your own work. Don't listen to the experts. Don't. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. And another week, I will be back next week. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Investop podcasts as free download. They can do it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and at investtalk.com, our website. Remember, independent thinking, share success. That's kind of one of our mottos. This is the best talk, everybody. Have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. 
Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 